Welcome to Drive Time Devotions and day two of our look through Galatians chapter six. We're going to focus on verses six to eight today. As we're studying through this chapter, Galatians six, we are really studying what I would call the summit, the high point of everything in the book of Galatians, because everything in Galatians has been climbing towards this point, towards the point of talking about walking in the spirit that we began yesterday. Galatians chapters 1 and 2 was the historical section of Galatians as Paul talked from a historical perspective about grace versus works and promoted grace over law. Galatians 3 and 4 was the theological perspective, and that historical perspective built towards the theological perspective, that theological perspective built towards the personal perspective in Galatians 5 and 6, how do I begin to live it out? And then in Galatians 5 and 6, the freedom of the Spirit in the start of verse 5, builds towards the life in the Spirit. The end of chapter 5 builds towards walking in the Spirit, all of chapter 6. These are verses all about how to walk in the Spirit, how to live the life that God's given us to live. And yesterday, we talked about the fact that it means you, you carry each other's burdens. It means you bear your own load, the responsibility of ministry that God has given to you. There's a third thing that it means to walk in the Spirit, and it's in verse 6. Anyone, Paul writes there, who receives instruction in the Word must share all good things with his instructor. So the third thing you do is you share with your teachers. Share with people who are teaching you God's truth because you value God's truth. Now, the question in this verse is what needs to be shared? What what does all good things mean? And some limit it to just material things. And there's no doubt that in other places in the Bible, the Scripture clearly says that you should materially support your pastor, your spiritual leader, that it's a valuable thing to do because you value God's truth. You value the time they're putting into God's truth. And so there's no doubt that that is a truth in the Scripture. But I think there's more here. Share all good things with his instructor. I don't think this is just talking about material things. That might be a part of it. But I think the focus, I believe the focus is more here on what God's done in your life through that truth. The good things that God is bringing about in your life as a result of the word that is being taught. I remember years and years ago as a brand new believer, I read this verse. It was, it was when I was in college. And I remembered, I remembered my teacher in high school, a man by the name of Tom Cagley, who had taught me many great things about God's word. And I realized I'd never really sat down to write him a note and tell him how much I appreciated what he'd taught me. So I sat down and I, and I wrote a note. It did good things for me, and I hope it did good things for him as, as well. Why does it need to be shared? Because it encourages you as a learner, learning God's word. It says, I value God's word. The changes that God's word is making in your life, they are meant to be shared with other people. It also encourages your teacher. It, it's almost impossible to see the effects of teaching God's word unless somebody's willing to share Look at what God's word is doing in my life. And a third thing that it does is it glorifies God. Instead of glorifying the teacher, you're glorifying God's word. You're showing, look at what God's word is doing in our lives. Let me say also about sharing the good things in your life that you have been taught with your teacher. It's, it's also an expression of humility. Instead of acting like, well, I thought all this up myself, you're sharing the fact that I learned it in community with other believers. I learned something from you. You learned something from me. That's how we grow. By the way, have you noticed how humility is a theme of walking in the Spirit? The Holy Spirit wants to bring humility into my walk, my daily walk. And so I help others to bear their burdens. I carry my own load. I, I share encouragement with those who are teaching me the truth of God's Word. And then there's a fourth thing that I do. If I'm going to walk in God's Spirit, I have to do what verses 7 to 8 talk about. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature 
from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Now, there's a very simple principle here, and the principle is that we reap what we sow. But the decision, the walking in the Spirit part of this is, don't let yourself be deceived. That's what happens when you walk in the Spirit. Instead of being fooled, fooled by the shortcuts of life, that I could get there quickly, you, instead of being fooled, are walking in the Spirit and believing in and trusting in, living out God's principles in your life. When I walk in the Spirit, I realize that the character of God is on display in every area of my life. And, and the idea that I'll get good results from selfish actions just doesn't fit with the truth of God and the character of God. And so when I walk in the Spirit, I'm not so easily fooled because I'm walking in the Spirit. I, instead, I trust, I believe. This is the life of trust. I believe in this law of sowing and reaping. It's a very simple law. Any farmer knows it. You reap what you sow. You can't plant corn in the ground and expect wheat to grow. You can't plant wheat in the ground and expect that somehow tomatoes are going to grow. You're going to reap only what you sow. You can't plant selfishness in your life and somehow expect spirituality and connection with God to grow. No, you have to plant humility. You have to plant this desire to please God's spirit and to live out God's life. And out of that, you're going to reap life. There is no doubt about it. How do I do this? How do I sow to the Spirit? Instead of sowing to my own selfishness, living each day for my selfish gain, how do I sow to the Spirit? How do I live to please the Spirit? Well, there's two things that are required. If you go along with this picture, you have to plant the right seeds and you have to give them the proper care. First, you have to plant the right seeds. And if you take the seed packages that you're supposed to sow in your life to the Spirit, those packages read grace, love in Christ, the Word of God. The seedbed is your heart, your mind, your will, your emotions, but it is the grace of God. It is the love of Christ. It is the word of God. When I sow those things in my life, and out of that, I make decisions to serve others, to give to others. I make decisions to worship God. When I make those kinds of decisions, incredible, incredible things happen in my life. That's the seed. The care, these seeds have to be placed in the right seedbed. You can't just hope that they're going to grow somehow. They have to be watered. They have to be cultivated. And how do I do that? Daily. Daily trust. Daily trust in God and the things of life. I have to bring the grace of God and the love of Christ and the word of God. I have to bring those to my daily life. And the way that I water and cultivate God's word is by trusting him in prayer in the circumstances of life, is by trusting him in faith, even when it doesn't look like it's going to work out. And as you choose to do that, you are caring for these seeds that God is growing in your life. You're sowing to please the Spirit. Now, some people, as we talk about this growth, also want to know about the weather. You know, how can I create the right climate for growth? The truth of the matter is, God takes care of the weather. Just like a farmer who's planting seeds, they don't get to create the weather. God takes care of the weather. But the interesting thing about these seeds of growth, of spiritual growth, is it is always good weather for you to grow in the Spirit. Bad things happen in your life, God can use that. God can use that to grow you in him. Good things happening in your life, wonderful things happening. God can use that to grow you in his spirit. There is no weather, there's no circumstance in your life in which you and I can't grow. So what do I do? Well, I gotta look at the seeds. Look at the seeds that you're planting in your life, in your mind, in your will, in your emotions. And you have a picture of what your field, your lifestyle, your life is gonna look like in a few years. 
If you're planting just selfish seeds, if you're planting just bitter seeds, if you're planting just angry seeds, if you're planting just apathetic seeds, then that's where your life is going to be. You're just going to get more of what you plant. But if you're planting love, if you're planting grace, if you're planting God's word, if you're planting service, if you're planting those choices that please the Spirit, well, God tells us here, the result of that is that you're going to reap life, God's life, God's life, not only in this world, but all the way into eternity. You see, these seeds that we're sowing aren't just for here and now. They're also seeds that work all the way into eternity. Now, let me just say one more thing about this sowing and reaping. It is simple to be deceived in this area. How do you get deceived? Just one thing. You just forget that there is time between the sowing and the reaping. And then you begin to feel like it's not growing fast enough, God. I'm not getting there as soon as I want, God. I have to take care of this myself, God. You can trust God. This is, this is a law that you cannot break. You will reap what you sow, but not immediately. And when you forget the not immediately part, you try to do it yourself. When you remember the not immediately part, you can trust God in the time between the sowing and the reaping. Sometimes it's months. Sometimes it's weeks. Sometimes it's years. You can trust God because what you sow is what you will reap. Our Father, we spend a few minutes talking to you. We pray. We, we pray for a need in our hearts. We need you to help us trust. We want to get there too quickly. We, we want to take shortcuts. We know there's something you want to do in our lives, and we want to make it happen immediately. And so, Lord, sometimes we take matters into our own hands. We try to do it ourselves. We try to trust ourselves. Lord, forgive us when we do that. And help us instead to trust you. And to trust that even though we haven't seen the results yet, that when we sow to your spirit, when we give to you to please you, there's going to be great benefits from that. Help us to know, Lord, that even if we do not see the benefits from that, the reaping of that on this earth, that in eternity we will see that. Because, Lord, we know, we trust you, that when we sow good things, when we sow God things in our lives, that good things, God things will be the result. Help us today to make choices to sow not to our selfishness, but to give ourselves instead to pleasing your spirit. We ask this in your name. Amen. Tomorrow, we're going to talk together about how when you and I walk in the spirit, he gives us the power to not give up. Mm-hmm.